Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Welcome to the show. Today with us, we have Kenneth Coles, who is a, a bioengineer but uh, who has been working in software development as a, uh, a product owner and product manager in the past. And he's currently uh, transitioning into uh, a uh, illustrator, a digital illustrator, which is also something he's been doing uh, for many years, but he's taking that into the professional direction. Did I miss something, Kenneth? No, uh, that sums it up, right? <laughs> uh, it's... Uh... Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's it's been uh, we've been talking about this on, on joining the podcast, but finally I'm here. Thanks for having me. No, no, thank you, thank you for being here. Uh, we know you're uh, you're one of our uh, avid listeners, and I would even say a friend of the show. So <laughs> welcome. Yeah, that's true. I, I think I maybe listened to every episode, like like for the first five minutes. <laughs> 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 well, at no, least if I'm you listen joking. the first five minutes, it counts towards our, towards our stats. So that's good enough for us. We get all that sweet Is that uh, enough money. for your stats? Five minutes? <laughs> I think actually, uh, at least on Spotify, if you listen more than 90 seconds, it counts as if you've listened to the episode. Okay. Um, I, I, I think that's already sometimes enough for your show. The it gives you enough time for the intro. <laughs> so, hey, today on the show we have Kenneth Coles. Stop. <laughs> so uh, this, this will be the, probably the first episode where I reach the end of the episode. Uh, I hope so. Uh, if, if you stop listening to this one before it ends, uh, okay. Little disclaimer: uh, uh, you. And Med and myself, uh, we used to be colleagues uh, at Unifly. And um, we thought it would be uh, an amazing uh, idea to have you on the show uh, because um, you have some very interesting questions about technology that you used to come and bother us with uh, <laughs> while we were working. So, you know, we, we're thinking, why don't we recreate that uh, in, a, in a special episode of the show where... Basically, you get to ask us questions about technology, and we'll answer them to the best of our abilities. Yeah. And, and are you still calling it, like, questions from a non-IT guy? or Because that makes it maybe a total clickbait, because I've been working, like, 10 years in, in IT. But I think it's, it's a yeah. good way... I, I, like you introduced me like a bioengineer, and I didn't have any backgrounds in in IT, and and yeah, uh, I needed to learn through colleagues. So uh, I've been asking questions for ten years about like really basic okay, first IT of all, stuff. First and, of all, the reason why I introduced you as a bioengineer because I think it's cooler. What if you know? Is like oh, we, we, you know, cooler than if, if you look a developer the, or. We we get we get all uh, ICT related people, right, Med? Like everybody's at least like doing social media yep. or uh, development or architecture or whatever. But bioengineering to me is also technology. 
right? They, it's technologies involved in the engineering part of, of bioengineering. Um, but although it's not the, the focus of, of today's discussion, I really think it's, you know, it's an uncommon uh, uh, profession or, you know, uh, background to have on the show. So, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, actually, um, maybe not going into the questions, but something from my background. Um, during my studies of bioengineering, I, uh, I had this class, uh, GIS, right? Geographical Information System. And back then it was totally separate from ICT, but throughout the years, and I think it's mainly because of Google Maps-like applications, that it's been interweaved with, with ICT much more than it used to be. So um, actually there are a lot of, I think, uh, bioengineers um, getting or um, in, in ICT throughout the years because of their GIS background, um, because it's becoming much more um, uh, present in, in GIS. Um, this kind of reminds me... Uh when we had uh, Ersan on the show, who um, uh, he does uh, IT at, uh, at Arendt, uh, this furniture company, where we discussed how um, IT or, or computers or computer technology is slowly creeping uh, into places like everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you have a difference between a, a, a software company or a technology company doing IT or doing, you know, things with computers and technology. And then there's like shoe companies, furniture companies, you know, doing things with computers. And also, like you say, bioengineering, because a very similar example to what you just said is uh, the, the, the kid who lives across the street from me, well, kids probably in his 20s, uh, he, he's, uh, he's a marine biologist. And uh, a lot of his work goes into uh, mathematical modeling um, in, uh, in, I think, in R or Python. Uh, so you're like, okay, are, are you a developer? Are you are you a biologist? Uh, yeah, actually, my, my brother-in-law is also a biologist, and, and he's into the statistical. Uh, real wait, does he live across me? Across no, no, no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's not marine, but it's just, uh, but actually he, he's uh, been working on his statistics a lot, and it's, he's been doing development in R uh, statistics. So, yeah. Um, and also, from my part, from my, during my studies, I've been in, in doing that also in R. So that that's my only developer background I had when uh, having my degree of bioengineering was yeah, doing some statistics in R. Um, for for the other part, I, I didn't have any ICT background when when looking for a job, but um, yeah, because of my my interest in GIS, I was looking for a GIS company and then, yeah, it's, it's been a total, uh, by have, sorry, by going into GIS, I've been coming, uh, went into the software development. Um, so, and then it yeah, started to roll. And, and, and it, it is it funny because you did work uh, you know, as long as I've known you, like uh, for the for the uh, the bulk of the time that I've known you, you were in uh, working for a software company mm -hmm. and as a product owner, or even as as the product manager. Uh, 
Actually, I started more as as, as data, just GIS data editor and preparing data, but then uh, also try to do some development. But I needed to learn from from my job. But actually, I was really bad at it, and they noticed it really quickly. So they put mm-hmm. me as as analyst, and and that suited me much more, like a functional analyst, and then also business analyst. Um. So that's been the whole part of my career, like doing analysis, um, some project management, and then the last company was like a product management. Um, but yeah, it's always been uh, thinking out on how can we help customers uh, with the right screens and, and software and translating that to developers. I think that's been my my most function at, at software development companies is like, okay. Did you ever feel like a circus director having to explain <laughs> to monkeys behind typewriters the story that you were trying to tell? And then it's like, oh, no, that's not no, that's exactly I... the opposite of what <laughs> I had in mind. <laughs> right? Or is that a bad description of, of your experience? I, I think it was mostly the other way around. I think... <laughs> I think uh, people need to explain me much more on, on how things a software um, development works. So uh, I think my experience with engineers is like really uh, bright people and 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 good listeners and 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 mm-hmm. not good readers, not yeah, good I, readers. <laughs> Really? I, like what, <laughs> I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm hearing. But, uh, you know, let me, yeah, before before we, because I know we're going to leave that behind. Um, bioengineering, right? I have a simple question. How do you create a, um, a COVID vaccine? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, how, how is it made? I mean, explain it to the, you know, like layman, you know, like. Okay, but oh, this is like... we turned the tables on you, Kenneth. Well, there's like this is the other <laughs> well, way no, around. I mean, look, I'm, I'm willing to to talk about whatever but, you want, but, but let's get this because you know I never never spoke to a uh, so, bioengineer. So, like, Matt, now you're... what do you mean? You, you, you've worked with this guy for years. <laughs> you've spoke but, but, to... <laughs> Matt, like this is like the typical question, like you as ICT guy will receive from your. Uh, friends or family like hey matt i have a problem with my computer can you fix this i think okay, this is okay, this okay. is like this type of question is like hey you've done bioengineering can you make a vaccine no that's like different disi- um, d- disciplines yeah. uh, in, in bioengineering yeah, um, okay. and, and, like i have this lump <laughs> on my i have this uh, yeah. i i received this question a lot like that's not a vaccine I've, uh, I want, I've, what was, I need somebody to look at my soil in my garden. Uh, can you do that? It's like, man, I, I haven't studied that. Actually, I, my, what I studied was forestry and nature conservation. Uh, so, but actually, <laughs> don't ask me anything either about that <laughs> because it's been too long. Could you, could I, I've never like, done anything with forestry. So, um, could you explain, like, how, because uh, you, you're a city boy, right? Yeah. How did you end up in in forestry? 
actually, I, I, I wanted to do uh, like uh, wood chopping or, or I, I wanted to pull down a tree. <laughs> that was my reason. I thought I, I, I didn't want to do a, a, an office job actually back then, 10 years well, ago. That worked out well for you. <laughs> <laughs> Completely not. So I was, I chose a, a direction like, okay, what's the, gives me the most possibility to be uh, outside. So I, I chose I get it. forestry. This is, this is to me a lot <laughs> like uh, that uh, David Cameron movie with the, with the blue beings. What is it called again? Uh, uh, you know, you have like these blue things uh, and there's this thing called unobtainium. Uh, come on. It was a big hit. It was like these, these Smurf like creature, creatures. Uh, where you, where you have these uh, American soldiers coming in to to get the resources, and then these blue creatures oh, they Avatar. fight again. Avatar, yeah. Your story is like the Avatar story, where you say, "I'm gonna go into the into the forest to chop some trees," and then you go there, like, "Oh no, but the trees are beautiful. I'm going to be a friend of the trees, right?" This yeah. all helps the guy in Avatar. Yeah, actually, that's. It's sometimes good to to chop off trees. Eh? It's 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 an that's the thing about forestry and nature conser- conservation is is how you a, a, a sustainable forest is it produces trees for your for economical stuff. It's 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 a balance with uh, the ecological stuff. So there needs to be a, a combination of trees of of different species to have like biodiversity enough and and also the recreational part so if for these are the three factors you need to keep in mind when when doing or maintaining a sustainable forest so it's not like i i'm against chopping trees eh? um it's, it's sometimes good because that wood is also good for biodiversity so leaving uh a tree on the ground is, is attracts a lot of species. Um, so, Matt, yeah, for your question concerning the vaccine, sorry, I can't help you. It's not uh, something I've studied. Um, okay, okay, that's fine. I'll uh, I'll Google it or something. <laughs> <laughs> that that does set the tone for this episode. Like, ah, oh, we don't know, man. Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Google it exactly. Yeah, what what we do? I mean, you know, uh, we Google stuff. So uh, actually, Googlers, my, yeah. uh, my my question I wanted to start off with because I was also thinking like, is this going to be the clickbait episode where you're really going to name it questions by a non-IT guy? Because that was yeah. a working title. Uh, okay. Right now I have it. Uh, uh, noob. Kenneth, Kenneth, the noob pesters, uh, <laughs> master med. I don't know. It might change. <laughs> <laughs> but what what makes somebody like an IT guy or girl, ICT girl? Go for it, Errol. I don't know because this is a very difficult question. I I suppose if you work in IT, that's it. What else? I work because in the, 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 it's so broad. It's so broad, right? Um, yeah. Uh, look at uh, look at your college classes, where people are studying computer science or applied computer science or theoretical computer science. You have two types of people in that class. Um, you have the type that have been, you know, messing around with computers since they were five years old, 
And the people was like, oh, this is a good career choice. I think this is interesting. I'll do this. <clears throat> so to, to say that only the people who've been dedicating their life to this since they were a child to call them uh, IT people, I think that's not fair. I think everybody who actually says, this is what I want to do in life. This, one, this, this must be my profession. I think we should call them uh, IT people. But that's well, yeah. What's what's I, the boundary there? Because I understand it for software companies, but like um, the non-software company, they have their help desk. Maybe those are the IT guys mostly. But it, what's well? well yeah. it's, it's it's it seems like so technology kind of you know creeps into all domains, right? So it's we've seen it like uh, so for example. Uh, since forever, there might have been, for example, accounting, but then at some point when computers uh, came about, um, they started getting to this this, um, this field and saying, hey, I can solve some problems for you. And this other um, industry said, oh, great, you know, what can you do? And and they kind of adopted this these tools and started using them. I think where we can draw the line today is, is um, so... Everybody, for example, would be working with technology, right, uh, and, and computers and, 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 and whatnot. However, I think IT people are the ones that that's their work is to provide a solution to some other industry, non-computer, non well, not computer-related originally, at least. Well, not always so, non-computer-related, but yeah. So, for example, we could say, you know... Um, an HR, an HR um, person, right? Someone in human resources, they might use the computer, they might use the internet, they might use all the good stuff, right? Um, but then um, they, they might use it, but um, that's not the purpose for, the, for, for using it, right? They simply use it to get their work done. However, um, an IT person will be developing something for... Um, for the other industry. So like a software developer in that case makes him an IT person or someone who's doing uh, who's doing uh, technical support, for example, would be an IT person. Uh, the one that does the help desk would be an IT person. The one that does even graphics for, for uh, would be an, an IT person. That's how I would put it. That's how I would slice it. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I want to add, augment that. I want to add another distinction, and that is uh, the the difference between uh, a provider and a consumer. So somebody <laughs> who who's in, let's say, uh, in some kind of uh, business analysis function, who relies extensively on digital tools such as their computer and a, a calculator and a spreadsheet, uh, although their job practically cannot exist today without IT. They're not in IT. They float on top of, of the IT cushion or on, float on top of the IT uh, C, if that makes sense. Whereas I would consider everybody who's in IT is providing the infrastructure, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I've never seen myself as, as an IT guy. I work in IT, but I never my side from us being an analyst or i never seen but what i understand but about your answer is that i am an it guy 
Yes, because you need to consider one thing. Um, you let's forget IT. Let's say uh, restaurants. Okay, the we we work in hospitality. Um, you're, for example, uh, a waiter. Uh, I'm a uh, dishwasher. Med is a chef. Now, for pe- from people from outside, all of us we work in hospitality. We don't all do the same thing, but we all provide that service so that that consumer can uh, eat the food that uh, Matt cooks. But on the other hand, you make sure that Matt gets the right order. You translate the order to that person. And I make sure that Matt has the infrastructure, like the plates, the clean dishes, and the clean pots and pans to execute uh, uh, the the order. And uh, from that perspective, you are also in IT. You know, you were in IT as, a, as an analyst, as a product owner, as a product manager. But within... IT, you have more technical and non-technical roles. That's, that's I think, a different uh, perspective. And also, disclaimer, like, literally, these are just opinions <laughs> off the top <laughs> of my head. Just uh, don't, don't pin me. Uh, if Wikipedia uh, doesn't agree with me, probably Wikipedia is right. What do you think, Matt? Well, I, I, what, I think you, you nailed it. Huh? I think I agree with it 100%. Yes. And- if Matt agrees with it, <laughs> no, really, I do, I do. And I want to also emphasize something. So you could be, for example, uh, the same project manager, but in a different type of company. Like, let's suppose in a, uh, I don't know, um, maybe in the uh, advisor, okay, <laughs> speaking of of uh, vaccines, right? Then you wouldn't be in IT, right? So you have a similar job title, for example, but because the company itself, that, that whole team that Errol spoke about, that put, makes you sometimes being a an IT person when in another place you're not an IT person. You'd be there, be you'd be in pharma. Right? Exactly. I'm in pharma. Oh, what yeah. do you do? I I I manage project. Oh, you're you know I work as a uh, product owner at a, a software company. Oh, you're in you're in IT. Broad terms, yeah. So, actually, thinking now in the past with other colleagues or analysts. Like, for instance, analysts, I've never met or worked with an analyst who had a like, uh, degree in, in IT or, or any of those. It, it has been on. mostly like, like engineering or, or uh, I have, yeah, sorry. Look, this is, this is one thing we also see frequently in the more technical side is um, it, I myself don't really have uh, an IT degree beyond uh, what I did many many years ago. Like my my main, it you know I, my my main focus of my formal education was uh, in um, uh, Middle Eastern studies, languages, history, literature. Uh, you know, um, Matt on the other hand, he, he did go through formal uh, IT education. Uh, computer science, etc. But if you look at uh, our number of engineers, like or people who are in the technical roles, you'll also see a lot of uh, influx from non-computer people who pick up this role. And this is because I think um, the, the computer science or you know developer engineering field is evolving so rapidly, and there's just so much demand that it's one of the most democratic uh, work environments you can ever have. So in, in uh, engineering, in software engineering or, you know, uh, DevOps or, or whatever you do, um, 
although it's very specialized, it's very open. So you can't just go like, I watched some YouTube videos. I'm going to start working as a surgeon. But you could almost pull that off. You could say, I watched some YouTube videos. I did a course on Coursera and I did some Python. Here's some examples on GitHub. Can I start doing DevOps? Uh, Looks good. We'll see, you know. It's not going to happen as a lawyer. It's not going to happen as a surgeon. It's not going to happen as a bioengineer. It's not going to happen uh, as, you know, what there's so many places where that's not going to happen. And you could say, okay, uh, there are uh, other areas of, of uh, work where it could happen, where, where you don't need skills, such as, um, and without any offense to anybody, you know, let's say uh, a street sweeper. You, it's a skill that a lot of people can pick up, right? I don't, I'm not saying it's an easy job, but it's a skill you can pick up, right? So a lot of people can do that job. But on the other hand, it's very uh, almost contradictory that IT requires such specialization, but you can practically walk in without a degree. And how long this will remain that way, it it will be dependent on uh, the the growth of the demand. Uh, You know, there's more and more people studying this. Uh, We might close the door for people who don't have a degree. There might be regulations coming in, uh, like uh, people like... uh, uh, Bob Martin, Uncle Bob, Robert Martin, they they predict that uh, as computer science or as computers become more and more integrated in our daily lives, we will start holding software developers more and more accountable for, for their mistakes as we hold uh, people in medicine accountable for their mis- mistakes. Now, if, if an airplane crashes because of a software mistake, is that not the fault of the software developers or you know their process that they used? Can we hold them accountable? Must we hold our own accountable? Do we have like uh, like rules of the trade? Uh, or can just anybody say, I'm a software developer? Or do you need to meet certain standards? And those things have not formalized yet. So right now, it's pretty much a wild west. You could literally not have a background in computer science. And you could, if you really set your mind to it, you could... Uh, start working at Uber or Google or or Apple. Like you you could make that happen without a degree. You're not gonna start working as a brain surgeon at uh, Johns Hopkins. That's not gonna happen. And I think that's the difference. Interesting. And what's the name? Bob Martin. Who's that? Uh, it's it's this figure called Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. <laughs> Uncle Bob. Uncle right? Bob. And he started this movement called um, the, uh, 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 I, I don't know if he, he, he started it, but he's Is definitely, it a it's, it's almost like a cult. It's called uh, software craftsmanship. It's about people who, who you know, realize that we are uh, in an exceptionally privileged position due to these skills that we have that are highly in demand. And he says, we need to, uh, start demanding quality from within our own ranks, hold people accountable for what they do, lest something bad happens and governments step in and start to regulate us. He says, let's start regulating and start you know, saying these are norms, these are quality norms, such as making sure you do like writing clean code, uh, writing tests, uh, giving good estimates. Uh, and as long as we don't do that, we're in fear of, some calamity happening and government stepping in for regulation, more or less. Well, <laughs> well, didn't know about it. 
and good that those those things are happening that uh you guys are being like aware about your responsibilities as developers but <laughs> yeah i think yeah uh, i mean for you not to uh know um Uncle Bob, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, uh, software developers would know who it is. Um, I, actually, yeah. I, I've never heard of like. You made it sound like he'd been, he'd been there for like years, like, and and it's the first time I hear about him. Well, he's been there for years, right? He's an old man. <laughs> he has been so there for weird. Years. He, he, he's, it's so weird. Like, yeah, who's this Uncle Bob? Is he like he's a cult leader? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds a little bit like that, but um, so. But sorry, I've, if I focus on that Bob, I, I didn't prepare because I, I'm, I'm wondering: Do you follow that guy? Are, are you always nodding on what he's saying? Uh, I I personally or, do uh, not follow him. I do not follow him. It's just a matter of um, I might have seen a few of his um, uh, speeches, for example. Um, he's uh, he's obviously an author. He you know has his books on uh, uh, you know on on how to code and and, and, and architecture and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean the name is a, is a name you know pops up you know uh, in in discussion. Let's, yeah. let's put it this way: you have uh, people who are more uh, fundamentalist about his teaching, and people who are more like, oh yeah, okay, makes sense. Uh, uh, you know, you've got uh, multiple camps and people. Who, there are people who are willing to take his teachings into extremes. Um, I don't think, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to open uh, a can of worms here, or it will be a, a boring, very uh, uh, detailed discussion. But th that's the way it is. There are people who take it to the extremes. But I, I, I wasn't aware that you. You as developers or SCP guys are, are um, but hold these... on, developers and ICT is like, um, like yeah, we're just one part of it, right? Because yeah, you yeah. have uh, okay, okay, but but that there are these, let me say them gurus or it maybe not the correct name, but but I, no, I wasn't aware, and, and 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 are they more uncles or aunties? <laughs> Um, that you guys are like, hey, this, yes, this guy there, has, there has, has some good and useful stuff, and 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 is it then? Yeah, oh, it was new for me, and, and it's good. Eh? Um, uh, there are there are multiple authors um, or thought leaders in in different domains. Um, like if you go into, uh, for example. Uh, C sharp. Uh, people will say, "Oh, there's." I think uh, John Skeet's book is is considered seminal. Then uh, you go into, for example, uh, architecture. You know, there's the. Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I didn't read those things as much as you know. But what I do know is that in every domain you have these uh, these thought leaders. They do exist and they do exert influence. Um, but whether or not uh, what percentage of developers are influenced by them, it would be difficult to say, or how much people... Maybe uh, mostly of the, most of them aren't aware that like, Uncle Bob was like 
the founder of certain ideas or and that yeah, they're actually practicing every day but they're not aware that it's origin its origin is from yeah Un- I agree. Uncle Bob. I agree. If you look at numbers, yeah, the majority would not um you know, I mean I mean people would know the, the person, but not like specifically like, okay, this is what he's you know, what he's preaching, you know, or what he's you know pushing for. And to be honest, uh, most of the things that uh, Uncle Bob is preaching, like there is nothing in there that he invented himself, I think. It's common sense. You know, it's about working cleanly, meticulously. Uh, don't make commitments that you can't, you know, don't make false promises to the people, you know, you're supposed to deliver to. Uh, work slow, think, don't rush things. It, these are concepts that you can apply in any field in my opinion like be honest be transparent uh, be dependable um and you could you could say this in construction as well like take all the principles of of uh, uncle bob and apply them to construction and you get oh yeah makes sense you know don't don't give uh, the the client uh, hope by giving them a wrong estimate so, oh, we'll finish, we'll finish your house in, in a week. Oh, awesome, awesome. And then 52 weeks later, it's like, oh, you know, we didn't say which week of the year, right? Uh, <laughs> it'll be but, finished uh, in a week. <laughs> I always had this idea that it's mostly like community-driven uh, or, or crowdsourced ideas. Like, isn't that with the... Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I'm the noob here. I can say stupid stuff, but like that, the agile principles, wasn't it like more or less like a community that's defined it? That is not directed to one specific person? No, the, 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 the forerunners of, of those ideas, like uh, I think uh, extreme programming is another example of that. And uh, the, the agile manifesto, the people undersigning those uh those documents are were pretty well known i think they're like already influential people who sort of use their position to codify things and i think they're they're doing good jobs you know okay but the fact that you don't know their names it's maybe they're not well, well, I, I have i have a horrible memory so <laughs> don't count on me like i, I did my uh uh, you know, ask me things about my PhD. I don't even know what I wrote like two years ago, so don't don't ask me. Sorry, Matthew, want to say something? Yeah, I was gonna say like if you look at the standards that exist today, they're also like from people that are you know they are a bit uh, they like what they do. They are experts at the at at, at the at the subject matter, and they uh, they get involved to the point where they end up their names end up being uh, in them. Now, we may not know all of them, but you could sometimes you might know, you know, you might pick up a name or two, two of them, but yeah. The good thing is coming from people who are not like they showed up one day and said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. These are like people usually uh, experts. So what's the... So how, um, how do you keep up with, with all these developments and, and these... Um, these thoughts that are in the in the IT, is it through colleagues mostly, like, or are are you actively 
following this stuff or reading books or but yeah it's only you two i am asking now but what's your general idea on how it's been distributed in the it i'll let Matt answer this one well um first. so I'll, I'll tell you how i keep myself up to date huh? so first thing is like you know you um so we so i work mainly with with mainly huh? with microsoft um you know, tools and products, right? So we develop, uh, for example, for for Xamarin, uh, it's C Sharp and .NET and and whatnot. So um, there are conferences for these. So obviously, you keep an eye off what comes out of that. Uh, there are um, um, uh, with our podcast. There are uh, there are um, webinars. Um, so things like this, I try to follow. Um, even for some of them are not. Uh, not specific to to .NET, um, but you know if something's interesting, I try to follow it. So you pick up an hour from here, two hours from here, and obviously as soon as something comes out new, let's suppose there's a new update to, let's say, uh, a new version of of Xamarin Forms, right? Um, then I try to apply that, right? So I try to you know go see, okay, oh, did introduce something new? I'm gonna go sort a new start a new application try to use it is it cool it's nice what can i do with it so that's how i keep myself refreshed now um not just for microsoft stuff it has to be also for the all the complementary things so uh if google releases something um you want to take a look at it there's new a new new software new app new product anything you can you know well, it's almost like a um a continuous um Second nature, <laughs> comparing <laughs> comparing what you what you see into what you can what you can achieve. Right. Yeah, but but Matt, uh, the, the examples you give now are more like really specific on, on software. It's like having a new release of a new software I'm using. Also looking at okay, what are the new features and trying them out. But I'm I'm more thinking on on this like that agile manifesto. Are these things happening still right now? And maybe for you guys, have you? I'm not sure. But here's what, the thing: here's Have the you thing. experienced that with that, that this type those, of stuff? Those things uh, move much slower. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so so the idea, like the the more abstract um, architectural methodological principles, move at a different time scale than uh, frameworks and technologies. Now, uh, by the time we finished recording this podcast. There's probably uh, 55 new uh, JavaScript frameworks published somewhere on GitHub. It might be a slight exaggeration. It might not be because, you know, it's really difficult to keep track of these things because they happen so fast. But the overarching principles, um, such as the current uh, move towards, uh, maybe it's not even current anymore, but I think still it's current, is, uh, you know, containerization, virtualization, microservices, uh, scalability, in the cloud, etc. Those are things that form more like they ferment in in over the course of years and and they get absorbed in the community over a decade. And then when you go into an even higher layer than that, where you have principles like agile, I think people have been discussing agile and maybe uh, you know applying these principles before it was called agile for decades. And those don't change as quickly. So you don't need to be 
following that up as much as you're following up on you know what's happening on the on the faster on the ground right? because you have the the ideal the, the world of ideas huh? and uh you have you have the world of practice if that makes sense and the world of practice moves really quickly it's like Matt says you know you're, you're watching conferences you're reading blog posts you're you're listening to podcasts uh webinars uh but at the highest level you know once you've read you're read up you're sort of caught up as well. Is that, is that fair, Matt? Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah. So the concepts, what? So yeah, the concept do take years, and some of the actually even for us, the stuff that you work with, if you look at, for example, in software architecture, most of the stuff you find them being back, you know, like thought of back from the seventies and, and, and yeah, they're old. That. There's like ancient stuff. Like how yeah. old is object-oriented so like programming? Real, you know, it's just those, you know you still. You sell bikes yeah. today, but same wheel that was, you know, you know, kind of developed a long time ago, right? So, what's the what's the the book on patterns called? It's called like the the Big Four. Um, you know, it's it's a collection like a manual of uh, yeah. software design patterns, and that book is also like old. You know, I think it's eighties or nineties as well, and. They're still valid principles, and people still use that uh, the, the 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 naming, you know, and and the the designs that are explained there. But whether we apply this in in JavaScript or in Java or in .NET uh, or you know in a certain framework that's built on top of these languages, that's a different story. So maybe to to succinctly answer your question, once you've sort of read up into the philosophy, you're okay. You don't need to, unless you're one of those people who's really interested in this specific domain, you, you sort of go on with your life. At least that was how it was like for me. I had this period where I was reading these more philosophical books, like uh, the one after the other. And I can't remember the last time I, I, I read a book uh, like that. I tried rereading the... <clears throat> uh, uh, What's that like? Uh, was it the Mythical Man Month, or there's uh, one that had a an twentieth year anniversary edition coming out? And I I tried to read that one again, but didn't feel like much much had changed, and I I stopped halfway. Yeah, I was wondering on on, on which ones did you experience? Like you say, these principles are really old, but throughout your careers, what were the ones that you experienced? Like, whoa, this is happening, this big change, or or which ones were for you like? I wouldn't be able to pinpoint them, but at this, you know, profound changes have taken place for me as a, you know, I've been writing software, uh, I, the first code I wrote was on a Commodore 64 in BASIC. It was something stupid, just displayed colors and played sounds, etc. But, uh, you know, you, you look at that trajectory of doing software as something that you enjoy doing and it turns into something you get paid to do. Uh, the, the, and working in teams, okay? Like doing something professionally and working in a team places different expectations on you than just being a kid on a Commodore 64, right? Because uh, to me, software, one of the most important things 
about writing software is, is being able to work in teams because software is not you like big software. Most of the software you use is not a is not a one man show. There's so many people involved in in writing good, solid, usable, interesting software. Um, and when I look back at some of the code like that I wrote, maybe even as as recent as five years ago, I look at it, I was like, Man, I would have done this differently today. Uh, and especially if I look at code that I wrote 20 years ago, I would laugh if I didn't have some, you know, it's like you're, you're just like a, a, a 17, 18 year old kid. Uh, you, you know, you didn't know better. Um, of course you wouldn't do, you know, like what were some of the stupid things I did, like uh, using a, a text file as a buffer for uh, a uh, multi-threaded application. It's probably much better ways to do that. But at, at that time, uh, that's how you did it. So as you accumulate these little nuggets of knowledge that don't come from within you, but come from the outside world, from these thought leaders, right? they, they, they trickle down. And you start applying these and you look at what you're building, also from working with colleagues like Med, who's also like teaching me a lot of things as well. You, you know, you look at what you craft now and you say wow i've i've grown but you wouldn't be able to pinpoint like that was a seminal moment that was seminal because it's trickling like i say like you're leveling up without noticing it um and uh i'm sorry what was the <laughs> what was the question <laughs> so like these 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 moments where where like i i roll in 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 it and and for me the, these things were already existing agile or were named at least. And uh, maybe the biggest change I've seen maybe was, was, was clouds. And then um, that was for something for me that that's made a huge change, but. Um, well, from that perspective, I just want to give a, a short answer because before I let Matt uh, do some talking as well, um, the, an important watershed moment for me was the uh, introduction of iPad, the original iPad. Now, iPhone was around, and uh, I was not a Mac user at all. What got me into the Apple ecosystem was iPad. And I was a very anti-Mac, very uh, skeptical about iPhones. Like, why are people paying so much money for this? Um, and then uh, I, I used to, I was at an airport, and I saw an iPad there, and it had been already been released for several months. So it wasn't new. And, and I played around with it and I said, okay, uh, this is something new. The world is about to change. And I got an iPad simply with the ideas. I'm going to develop software for this device. And that's how I also started uh, into iOS development was because here was the beginning of a revolution, right? That much I could see. I'm not a complete dimwit. I did see that because here was a device that was going to change not how I, but how my how my mother, how my aunts, how, how the previous generation was going to be uh, connected. Okay. Hey, um, Med, uh, please please add some remarks. Uh, can I please add some remarks before we have to wrap up? Because um, uh, we, we've reached our limit for the, the show, and I'm sorry. I'm I need to stop talking. Hmm. <laughs> Well, Errol, thanks for thank you for the compliments. Um, um, so yeah, the um, 
so certain things you don't spot them, but sometimes don't forget that certain things just get a, a new name, right? So you might be practicing the same uh, uh, discipline, uh, and then comes comes tomorrow, someone says, "Hey, we're gonna call this one. We call it like this. It's pretty hip now, and we're gonna do this this way." And you find like the bulk of it, like ninety percent of it, is already what you do. You know, they simply added a couple of of. Uh, you know, like sprinkles here and there, and that's it. They said this is new, a new thing. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't have any. I cannot say. Um, I, I I look at something, and say, hey, this is great, um, uh, or this is going to be something big. But uh, I'm the opposite. I look at things and say, this one is gonna, it's gonna, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go anywhere, you know. So for example, we saw, uh, it's not really specific example like you know to what the, our topic but you look at the uh, the 3d tvs right and how the whole industry is like pushing for them and you know you know this is like so not just was, me. yeah everyone's like dude you know this is not gonna it's not gonna stick you know and and i'm, I'm fairly sorry you know um there's always big hypes right and certain things do not come on the right time and but the difficult to pinpoint yeah, to say ahead of time. Some people are good at it, actually. I, I've known I know someone who kind of, you know, they look at something like, wow, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be really huge. And, you know, with time, they, you know, they uh, they do make it. Uh, I'm not that type of person. So I'm more like Microsoft. I wait till something really becomes really mature and there's really money in it before they jump in. Um, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's me. That's me. Okay. Okay. Casey, can we wrap it up for today? Yeah. I, I, haven't I have a question asked for my you. questions, but um, let's I do it next time. Eh? Yeah, that's my question. Uh, should we do another one of these? Or ask, uh, ask our audience, are they in favor of having this noob on the show? Or Okay. I, I, I have a pattern here. Any... Another question that Kenneth is not willing to answer. Like he, he skipped the one on the on the uh, vaccines, and now he's not answering whether he wants to be on the show. Yeah, I'll, okay. I will come back. I'll like... I will, I will certainly come back. <laughs> <Okay>. but... <laughs> We're going to talk I, I... how they put the five G into the vaccines. You need to explain <laughs> that. <laughs> that this, no, you first uh... need to explain what five G is because I will ask those questions next time. I think no. Okay. Well. Casey, uh, Kenneth, thanks a lot uh, for being on the show. Uh, it's really an awesome episode. You, you did a very good job of hosting it. Uh, where can people find you? I'm taking over, man. Um, yeah, you can. I'm, I'm starting this uh, my, my artistic uh, endeavor, and, and you can find me on Instagram, uh, Studio Knets with K N. ETS still okay, yeah I'll, I'll put it in the I'll put it in the in the show notes and also put it in the LinkedIn page okay um master med where can people find you madmed.com madmed.com my name is Errol Baikal you can find me on baikal.be b-a-y-k-l.be for you listeners at home in the car in the shower or whatever the hell you listen to us thanks again and catch you next time bye